Good evening, everyone. Welcome for those who have come today. And today is the beginning, really, of our festival, although we have many early comers, thankfully, and so we have been discussing some of the pertinent topics relative to the auspicious occasion, Krishna Janamastami, Sri Krishna Janamastami Ki Jai. <laughs> this morning we heard from Chaitanya, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates commemorated the, uh, the Leela of Krishna Janamastami in, in Jagannath Puri. And uh, how real their play was. Hmm? So it's auspicious and appropriate to begin any discussion of Krishna Leela by prefacing it with some discussion of Gaur Leela. Siman Mahaprabhu Gaurang Sundar Ki Jai. First the gift, first the giver, then the gift. <laughs> Gore is the giver, and Krishna Lila is the gift, and, and deep inside the gift we find the giver again, and so we move between the Gore Lila and Krishna Lila. <clears throat> and so this is how we will proceed, and especially tomorrow evening, in the build up to the to the midnight appearance of Sri Krishna Dev. Hmm. Last night also, we, uh, um, as well, I should say, prefaced our discussion of the uh, Janmashtami Leela um, via the, uh, the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with regard to uh, Rag Bhakti, the nature of Rag Bhakti, and how the observance of Janmashtami. Um, fits into the 
um, the culture of rag bhakti, which is the, the, the culture of the ideal of the spontaneous natural love for Krishna that we find in the inhabitants of Vrindavan. We found that in our discussion uh, from Rag Chandrika, really, of Vishwanath Chakrabhati Thakur, that, that um, the observance of Janamastami is um, um, indirectly, um, what's the word? Supportive of the Svavishta Bhava, hmm, the, the, the ideal hmm, that uh, of Braj Bhakti that one is culturing. Hmm. Uh, Bhava Sambandhi, it's called. Bhava Sambandhi means that it's that it uh, it's in relation to the ideal. Sambandhi means in relation, in relation to either directly. As hearing and chanting and remembering are directly in relation to the to the, the mood that is being cultivated, and they become one with that mood when they become mature. And observance of events like today or tomorrow, this this weekend we're celebrating Janamastami, are also uh, Baba Sambandi, but they're Baba Sambandi that means they're supportive of the of the of the mood. Not directly but indirectly. Because they directly promote the hearing and chanting, remembrance of Krishna, and so forth. Hmm. And so, very important. And we also learned that what that this this kind of observance of Janmashtami, this is an example of the type of austerities hmm, inherent in bhakti in Kali Yuga. Hmm. This is our austerity to observe Janmashtami. <laughs> Uh, there is some fasting involved, hmm? of course, so a little pinching there, but so much hearing and chanting and sadhusanga that that will be forgotten about hmm? is the idea. Hmm? So today, then, I will uh, speak a little bit, just briefly, from Bhagavad Gita, hmm? one of the main books of our tradition. Um, it's a very popular book, of course, uh, throughout the world. And um, in the fourth chapter, it speaks about the, the principle of the, of the descent of God in the world, avatar, tattva. Hmm? Its uh, subject in this chapter is, is jnana yoga, hmm? the yoga of knowledge. But in the uh, preface, to that discussion, there is um, the, the initial section is all about avatar tattva, which is obviously very relative to bhakti. Indeed, this is the first place in the Gita that the word bhakti is used. Bhaktosime sakachiti rahasya hi etad uttamam. As Krishna tells Arjuna, I share this rahasyam, uttam rahasyam, this great secret with you because bhaktosime. Saka, JT, because you are my bhakta, my devotee, and my sakha, my friend. <clears throat> so, knowledge, true, it's about knowledge, but knowledge is also there in bhakti. We call it sambandhagyan. So, part of the knowledge of bhakti is knowledge of Bhagwan. Hmm? 
And that's more uh, complex knowledge than simply knowledge of atma, atma gyan, the difference between consciousness and matter. This is the beginning of knowledge, but it's hardly the end of real knowledge, which culminates in, in love, in prem. Hmm? And so knowledge about Bhagwan hmm, is important, um, as is knowledge about the self. You know, the Gita's first six chapters are about the self. Hmm? And the second six chapters are about God directly. So, in the famous Upanishadic dictum, Tatvam Masi, you have Tat and Tvam. Tvam means you, and Tat means that or him. Hmm? And so, the first six chapters are about you. That's why they're popular. Hmm? <laughs> kind of popular. <laughs> Because it tells you about yourself in a way that's that's challenging. Hmm? Because in context of telling you about what you are, it emphasizes what you are not. Hmm? And that can be a little discouraging, disconcerting, but as we heard in our discussions, in our kind of informal discussions this morning, hmm? the truth may be a little painful at first, but... Uh, they say truth hurts, but we have to endure that, hmm? and we'll have a happier life. Uh, there may be less pain in, immediately in, in falsity, but then that falsity pervades one's life, and hmm? very uncomfortable. Hmm? A little pain, just like if you want to, you know, we have to pull off that band-aid, it's, you know, you're supposed to go like fast, and like that. <laughs> so Krishna quickly brings Arjuna to some very, uh, very frankly, he says, Here's the truth of the matter. You're talking about the world. You want to make it better. This fine, fine. You're not this world. You're not of this world. What about that? So um, then again, he's speaking about the self. So I've heard it said that, in fact, I'm reminded of our uh, talks at the Bhakti shop. Some of you from Portland are here, and so on, and, uh, and how you. Uh, incorporated uh, the, the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita using my text into your yoga certification, is it yoga certification classes and so forth for the philosophical section. Some of you are smiling. You came here as a result of that. So, uh, But I heard that, that, I think it was Mahari Bhakti, that you know, she was giving a chorus, and when she got to the seventh chapter and Krishna started talking about himself, people felt a little uneasy, like, who's this guy, you know, like, really, you know, like, tooting his horn a lot here, and, <laughs> you know, uh, making some pretty loud, big statements about himself. But, as I pointed out, um, not, not long ago, worth repeating, properly understood, Krishna's only talking about himself indirectly. He has to talk about himself because what he's really talking about is bhakti, which brings you and that together, tvam and tat together. In other words, if you're going to talk about a bhakti, well, you have to talk about the object of bhakti. Like I said, there's knowledge to bhakti too. So the knowledge of Bhagwan, who's the object of love. So he has to talk about himself in the context of talking about Bhakti, he just happens to be the center. But the, the, the subject is bhakti, that which brings you and him together. Hmm? 
So, anyway, that idea of bhakti, which is really coming in the middle six chapters, it first shows up very briefly here in the section of, on avatar tattva in the fourth, fourth chapter. And some of the most famous verses of the Bhagavad Gita are found here, and, and they are speaking about the, 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 the reason for Krishna's appearance in the world. So, let me read them, and uh, a couple of them here, and then we'll uh, discuss a little bit about this. He says, again, these are famous, so many of you may know them. He says that in, when there's a need to establish dharma, then uh, I appear in the world. And when I appear in the world, I give paritonaya sadhanam vinashayatraduskritam. I protect my devotees and I uh, deal uh, appropriately with those who are um, non-devotional and against the, 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 the flow of bhakti and dharma in the world. Hmm? Indeed, I do this again and again, he says. Hmm? Millennium after millennium, again and again. Yuge, yuge. Sambhavami. So, Krishna appears in the world. This is, this is his own statement here, statement from Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? We know, historically speaking, that there was a person named Krishna, <laughs> Vasudev Krishna, and another person named Sankarshan. The oldest uh, historical evidence, archaeological evidence, comes from, uh, a, I believe it's a cave in Pakistan. Hmm? Then it, there's drawings in the cave hmm, there of with inscriptions, Vasudev Sankarshan, two Two figures. That means Vasudev, Krishna, Sankarshan, Balaram, Krishna and Ram. Hmm? It dates back to 2000 before the Common Era, a long time ago. Hmm? And um, then in, in coins hmm? Hmm? that were in, apparently in circulation throughout Afghanistan and Pakistan, and what is now known as as India, hmm? um, there have been coins found with Krishna Vasudev on the one side, need the heads, and Balaram Sankarshan as the tail, hmm? giving support, <laughs> <laughs> lying underneath. Hmm? So, uh, of course, when when somebody rises to to such uh, popularity and notoriety that their face gets put on a coin and <laughs> they've done something in the history of the world that's uh, significant. Hmm? And uh, indeed, 
the, there's, of course, uh, popular writings about Krishna and Balaram and their their deeds. Hmm? Um, the Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavatam and the Gita, two of the primary primary texts. Um, and we'll have to look at those texts which seek to, uh, by various philosophical and uh, poetic means, establish their, their divinity. And we look deeply, uh, we should look deeply at the philosophy to understand what's being said and what uh, methodology has been uh, employed hmm? in uh, writing those books. And these are, these are uh, written books we're speaking about, the, the, the Purana, for example. Hmm? Uh, to explain that, but before so, it's also worth noting that, uh, with regard to again historical evidence, that uh, that the influence of Vasudev, Krishna, and Balaram Sankarshan also had uh, uh, the centuries past stretched into Greece, and there's the famous Hilodorus uh, pillar in in, in Delhi. Hmm? Hilodorus was a minister of a Greek king, and so he was on a mission for a king. So sometimes he's thought of as the first Western convert to Vaishnavism, but it would appear that the king was before him, and he was doing the ministerial work of representing the king, going to India, and they built this very extraordinary column. Has anybody ever seen it? I've never seen it, but it's, it's a famous... Famous work, um, and the inscription on the uh, pillar is one in which Hilodorus proclaims himself to be a Bhagavata, which means a Vaishnav, hmm, of the God of Gods, Vasudev, hmm, who can be known by, he says, well, he says by hmm, self-restraint, sense control, hmm, controlling the mind and the senses yogic uh, idea by acts of kindness to others and by, by consciousness, by a culture hmm, of the nature of consciousness. This is what we're about, of course. We are interested in distinguishing consciousness from matter and then cultivating that, entering into the subjective world and exploring all the possibilities that lie there. And the possibilities are great. Hmm. As we'll see, the idea is that there's no um, such a word as impossible there. Hmm. So, some evidence for uh, as an extraordinary uh, figure, hmm. Krishna and his other self, Ram, if you will. Hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> And of course, as I say, there's the literature about him, hmm? and it's a uh, uh, tends to be um, uh, uh, the most extensive descriptions tend to be poetic, like we find in in the Bhagavatam. Here, the Gita is kind of a precursor to the Bhagavatam. We see the Bhagavatam is like the sequel to the Bhagavad Gita. Ideas are introduced here that are played out fully in the Bhagavatam, where the life of Bhagwat of Krishna is, um, is, is, is explained in, in great detail. Hmm? So we, 
And when we study the Bhagavat, hmm, the Gita is pretty philosophical. The Bhagavat is is also quite so, extremely philosophical. Hmm. It's uh, kind of poetry or art on a philosophical uh, canvas. And, um, And we find that it is a philosophy, philosophy that underlies the life and leelas of Krishna that we're concerned with, hmm? his extraordinary mystical appearance in the world. We find that this is a philosophy um, that is, well, it's, it's livable. Hmm? It's, it's become popular uh, in the Western world for philosophy to be something that's not necessarily, that does, is not a call to action necessarily. Um, armchair uh, philosophy is the term. Where you sit in your armchair and you think and come up with ideas and mull them over and share them and so forth. But they don't necessarily... It's not... The, the philosophy of the Bhagavad is one which is a call to action, if you will. It's a livable philosophy. Hmm? It, it, calls, it, 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 it calls on us to move. Hmm? Indeed... It, 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 and move in an extraordinary way. It's a call to uh, uh, to dance, actually. Hmm? Hmm? Um, be fluid in our in in our movement, uh, philosophizing as it does about the possibilities of the subjective world. Where, as I say, the word impossible doesn't doesn't exist there. We live in the material world in a, in, a, in, a, in a material kind of framework, a frame of reference, and it's full of limitations. We meet them all the time. Hmm? It's, it's frustrating. Hmm? Um, so the idea here is that the appearance of Krishna, the Bhagavat that describes it and so forth, which is veritably an, a further uh, incarnation of Krishna as it describes itself in literary form, hmm? I've described it as kind of a meeting between the temporal and the eternal. And it's, here it is constructed, the Bhagavat, the Gita, or the Bhagavat, for example, in book form, in a scroll form, or in paper, and ink, and so on and so forth, whereas, which are temporal, but if we approach them on their own terms, the experience we get is of the eternal. So it's kind of a sundium, a meeting place. It's a very... It's a very curious thing, this meeting hmm, between consciousness and matter, ourselves for that matter. Hmm. How are we in a, in, a, in a material world? Are we? <laughs> Do we ever touch matter and, and so forth and, and, uh, and so on? So the Gita, the Bhagavad, these are examples of the Janamastami, if you will, the idea of God's advent in the world, They're very practical, because as I say, if you approach them on their terms, hmm, and there are many, many, many examples, hmm, they serve as portals, if you will, like Bermuda Triangles of, of, that you go into and never come out. Hmm. And it's happy, and, it's in, and you get to the shore of that, of the prospects of, 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 of the consciousness world, and to the shore itself, um, you know, retires, if you will, like you know, the, the lost at sea, 
experience of material existence and all the trials and tribulations, the tidal waves of emotional ups and downs. And we try to surf and, and stay above, you know, water on and so forth. Uh, coming to consciousness, what we are as a unit of consciousness, like landing on the shore. And there's a gasping there of relief and so forth. But then to take a breath and get up and explore the vegetation and the, the, the life there, the possibilities. This is what the Bhagavad invites us uh, to do. And you can understand that that just becomes a bad dream. It's only remembered the more you enter into bhakti enough to keep you moving in the world with a heart late filled with compassion hmm? for those who dream on hmm? about a prospect of of of, uh, of finding that which they're constituted of hmm? and and more their prospect within the confines of of matter that is a nightmare it's a dream and it won't happen in that sense but it's a bad dream it's a nightmare so as we stand on the shore of the world of all possibilities the consciousness world then um, having been lost at sea there's some idea what that's like yeah and so the devotees minister to others in the current of bhakti hmm, remains alive well in the world. The two currents, the current of bhakti and the current of, of karma. Hmm? In the world, bhakti is a current that's kind of like a channel. You know, you get like a riptide or something like that. It takes you out. Well, this one takes you in. Hmm? Takes you into the shore. Hmm? And it's, 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 like, it's like that. I mean, I've been caught in that. The Srinivas used to take me surfing in Hawaii one of those that take you out, and it's, whoa. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the more you swim, try to get in, the more it takes you out, and, and so forth. So this, uh, this bhakti current, is, it's ingoing, hmm? takes you out of the ocean, and it, it's doing the work, really. Hmm? As I've said in more recent uh, discussions, this is not a do-it-yourself process here. It's like you just get the book, do it yourself, and just go ahead and... Many people like that today. They got the horse, the cart before the horse, so to speak. Hmm? No, hmm. this is a, this is a uh, guided journey here. <laughs> guided journey taken by the hand. Hmm? And then when we get to the shore, the hand is not let go of. You know, there's a famous story of Prabhupada bathing in the Ganga in the Ganges in Bengal. Hmm? He went and with some devotees, and he he he. he Stepped down into the into the Ganges and splashed water and took a bath and and then as he came out he extended his hand to one of his disciples who pulled him out and when he got on the shore probably went like this threw his hand down the way he thought oh God what did I do wrong you know and, and Prabhupada said that is my wad hmm? he said that they use the guru to get mukti and then throw away the guru hmm? use God to get mukti then throw away God. Hmm? He said, "We're not interested in that." <laughs> you see how he's 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 thinking. Hmm? So friends forever. Hmm? This is this is bhakti. Hmm? 
As I was saying this morning, karma, there's no friends, only enemies, really. Hmm? There's friends for a little while, like you get together, decide to make a business plan, and then when it starts to go wrong, then <laughs> you eliminate your partner, and, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. It looks okay for a while, but underneath the surface, you look carefully, you see, it's, it's, I'm surrounded. What does the Bhagavatam say? When Sukadeva begins to speak, he says, what? He says that... Um, means that surrounded by fallible soldiers, those who we rely on, I've said, better it would have been said mutinous sailors. Not only are they fallible, they, they will fail us, those who we lean on in this world, they'll turn against us. Their own family members, children may turn against you, it's possible. Parents may turn against you. Nitai Sundar, some of you know well, he said a, uh, a nice thing some time back that stuck with me as he was visiting some relatives and um, and he said, you know, it's so arbitrary, this, it seems to me, this idea that I should have a strong relationship with somebody on the basis of the fact that, you know, I have the same, as they say metaphorically, I guess, or literally to some extent, the same blood. It's just so arbitrary. It just didn't, wasn't making sense to him. Friends should be based on friendship. <laughs> Real feelings of affection that, that arise, you know, naturally, not by any law. Hmm? Hmm? That it should be, and so I have to visit the relatives. Or I mean, we should, we do love our relatives, I suppose, to some extent too, and and so forth. But but there's a, there's a, there's a sense that you should be loving them. It, it, hmm? I like this idea. It's so arbitrary. What, why should that be any basis for affection? Should be the basis of relationship, hmm? whether whether what race you're from, different from another sex or uh, family, whatever, and so on and so forth. And this is the law of bhakti, of course, actually. That's what we find, and we, we'll come to that in the course of our discussions, that, that discussion that Krishna is really the son of Dushoda. Hmm? Hmm? This is what Devaki said at Kurukshetra, hmm? who's the famous, famous as the mother. Hmm? Yashoda means who gives fame. Her idea was, let Devaki be famous for being the mother of Krishna. I'll just be his mother. Hmm? She can have the reputation. Hmm? Krishna's born in, in the prison house of Kamsa from Devaki, or so it appears. Hmm? Um, and, of course, then it appears that he leaves there and goes to the Braj, and he's raised there, and his childhood is there, and Yashoda is his, his, his mother. By the time Devaki sees him, that he's mature for his age, so he's pretty well grown up. Hmm? Missed his whole childhood, kidnapped as a child. Hmm? Not really. Stolen away by his father and to, to be hidden from, from Kamsa and so forth. Hmm? So, in the Bhagwat, in the Gita, where Krishna is, uh, the stories about Krishna are found. Wonderful things, extraordinary things are said about this person. 
on the, uh, the two persons on two sides of the coin, people whose figures are drawn in the ancient caves and so forth. They say fantastic stories about them. It's hard for us to put all together, absorbed as we are in the limitations of, uh, of, of, of our frame of reference, sensual, mental, and intellectual frame of reference. But we gravitate towards the philosophy of the book, and as I say, it is a livable philosophy. Hmm? A livable philosophy. Hmm? Very user-friendly. I was saying that in, 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 in the material world, we have only enemies, really. Hmm? You make an alliance for some time, but you cannot trust. Hmm? Hmm? In Gyan, then, we do away with enemies, but we do away with friends, too. So, that's <laughs> problematic. Mm-hmm. But in Bhakti, then, there's friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Krishna is not alone. Mm-hmm. And the philosophy that underlies the Leela of Krishna and his associates who, who embody the ideals that we uh, pursue, mm-hmm. As I say, it's a very livable philosophy. It's not an armchair philosophy. It's a philosophy that's a call uh, to to action. It's livable and it, it causes movement. Indeed, it is a philosophy that speaks about extraordinary movement. Jyakanta kanto parama purusho kalpataravo trumabhumis chintamani ganamai toyamamritam it is said there, the land is such that ev- all of the talking is singing, is song. All the walking is dance. Hmm? So, movement. Jiva Goswami, as I often cite, make the comment that if that place is such that the talking is all song, you know, like, it's not as popular nowadays. There was a a, a, a popular one, but they used to be one more popular in previous days, movie called Chicago, which was a musical. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. But it used to be in the past when I was a kid, you know, there was always musicals. They were a um, fairly popular mode of um, whatever, cinema. Hmm? And so, and it's popular in India, these uh, musicals still. So the you know the drama's going on. All of a sudden, it turns to dance and everything <laughs> comes alive. Something like that. So it's a Brajlila, something like that. Hmm? <laughs> it's a musical. <laughs> it's a musical. <laughs> so Jiva Goswami said, "What if the talk there is all song? If the walk there is all dance, what must be the singing, and what must be the dancing?" there. Hmm? So, we're talking about Krishna. This is the face of the Absolute that is so fluid. We compare it sometimes to Brahman, which is so static in comparison. Hmm? Brahman is the Absolute. Hmm? We, we, we liken it to the, the aura, the halo of Krishna, undifferentiated light of consciousness that dispels the darkness of ignorance, hmm? which, that's happy. Hmm? Somebody turned the lights on. That's good, but there's nobody else here. 
as the experience. Because there's no movement there. There's no differentiation. Without distinction, without differentiation, without variety, there can be no other. So it's a peaceful place. But it doesn't constitute the full expression of love, which which necessitates differences, diversity. This we find in Bhagawan. And these are the two ends of the spectrum, from Brahman, which is still, and as I say, omniscient, omnipresent. If you're omnipresent, you can't move, because you're already everywhere. If you're omniscient, you can't really do anything either, because you just, I already know everything. You'd be frozen. I know everything that's going to happen at all times, and there you are. You're stuck. Uh, you can't move. So, Brahman is this static uh, uh, expression of consciousness, a living thing, but no movement there. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have Krishna. In between, there's Narayan, Paramatma, hmm? Narayan, the different avatars, and so forth. And if you look at it, and you see there's degrees of movement, degrees of movement. You get to Krishna in Braj, in, in Dwaraka, Mathura, there's a certain kind of movement. You come to the Braj, it's a different idea of movement altogether. The term Leela, we're talking about the Janamastami Leela. This cannot really fully apply Janamastami Leela to Krishna's appearance in, in, in Mathura. If you study the Bhagavatam carefully, you see the word Leela is not used after the Braj Leela. The Sanskrit word Leela when you go when Krishna goes to Mathura and Dwarka, the only time that Leela is used is just a couple of times in an instrumental sense in which it says playfully, as if without any effort, Krishna defeated this this uh, demon or that demon. Hmm? Without any effort. But the full idea of Leela as play, this word is used in relation to the Braj Leela. And this play hmm, is the movement of Bhagawan, where he is a dancer, hmm, fluid. I've said before, uh, to give another example, when we move from Brahman, an impersonal manifestation of the Absolute, to a personal, the Paramatma, or the Mahavishnu, hmm, form of the Absolute, where he starts to take shape. Hmm. Still, mostly what he does is sleep. He's famous for yoga nidra. On the other end of the spectrum, of course, Krishna never sleeps practically. He's up all night, and just as he starts to fall asleep, the peacocks, Krishna, get up, get home. It's before it's too late, before the sun comes out, and you're found out out here in the forest to be have a rendezvous with with Radha and so forth. So, home. He just sleeps, and, and then Balaram's horn, buffalo horn is blowing. Millions and zillions of cowherds wake up, and they're stampeding in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. Wake up, wake up! <laughs> We've been dreaming about you all night, and now it's time to go and herd the cows and so forth. So, very alive, hmm? fluid, moving. Hmm? Brudge, the very word brudge. Hmm? It it, uh, it 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 implies uh, movement. It refers to a nomadic 
group of people. In other Puranas that describe the Leela, there's a description of the, a, a more elaborate description than you find in the Bhagavad of the movement from Mahabam to Vrindavan, four greener grasses for the cows, where Govardhan Hill is, and so forth. Um, and uh, there, this, this idea is emphasized that we're cowherd people, we have to always be on the move. Hmm? Cows eat the grass, now we have to find other grass. So it implies that the very participation in the Brajlila requires some fluidity, some movement. Mahabharata said it like this, start here, that much movement, trinadapi sunichana, tarodapi sahishtanomani nomanadena kirtaniya sadahari, this much movement, to be a little humble, hmm? Hmm? a little open hmm? as to what the possibilities are. You see how we, we close the possibilities, we we learn, we think, now I've got it. Krishna consciousness is like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, hundred and eight. There it is. And I've ca- captured it. Now the only thing left to do is just repeat it to other people. Share it around. Hmm. Hmm. It means you haven't understood that at all. Hmm. There's never a time when you can know it. Krishna is unknown and unknowable, and he doesn't. he's searching after himself. What it is it about himself that makes him what 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 he what he is and how he is perceived in the lives of his devotees and Radha in particular and what he does to them? He doesn't do that to himself. <laughs> he does that to others, and he sees what what it is about me. What is it about? He has to, of course, then take the position of the devotee to experience that. And so, it's the implication is there's a kind of an unknowing. Hmm? that constitutes the full face of knowing. Hmm? A kind of an uncertainty that's okay. Because of the nature of the subject. Again, we're entering deep into the super-subjective world of consciousness, and all possibilities lie there. Sridhar Marsh's language, uh, he described us, our position as all students forever, always. Hmm? So as soon as we think we know, hmm? And so it is with, with any of the teaching. You take the base teaching. The base teaching, of course, is uh, uh, the uh, charit, Dhruva Charit, these chapters about uh, Dhruva Maharaj uh, and uh, Parlad Maharaj. Hmm? So many, ten, ten chapters of the Bhagavatam about uh, Parlad. Hmm? This is the kind of entry level of spiritual life. Balabhatirtha Maharaj wrote a... Uh, book or maybe one of his talks or something, just kind of going over the Prahlad Charit. And in the book there was an inscription on the back or something from him uh, that he wrote about it. He said that those who say they already read the Prahlad Charit, hmm, they have not read it at all. (laughs) Yeah, I already read that part. Can we go on to the next or isn't there any more? They have not understood it. Mahaprabhu was relishing it from the mouth the lotus mouth of Gadadhar Pandit, who is the Radha of, of Gaurila, speaking Prahlad Charit, hmm? the chapters about the glory of Prahlad's love for Narasimhadeva, a certain form of Krishna, and so forth. So the implication, the idea is, the nature of the subject is such that if we're actually understanding it, who's that? <laughs> Songs from the other world <laughs> coming our way. Mm. Mm. Not a bad tune. <laughs>
once on a plane with Prabhupada. One of my grandmothers told a story. He got on a plane and Prabhupada, you know, they have the music in the background. Prabhupada was saying, this. he said it, he turned and he says, it's nice music. Hmm? <laughs> and then the devotee said, I thought he maybe was testing me. You know? <laughs> I was supposed to say, no, it's Maya Prabhupada. <laughs> yes, no. Then he realized, Prabhupada actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> so he had a human, you know, some humanness to him. Something like that. This bhakti is very wholesome, you see. It's not like jnana. Hmm? It has a way of, like I said the other day, I was thinking of writing a book entitled How to Dance in the Rain. So, of course, the, the idea is that... that uh, that, you know, you, the rain comes, you can get out of the storm, or you can learn, you know, to live with it and, and celebrate it, and, and so forth. So bhakti has a way, love has a way, right, of turning faults into, into ornaments, and it has that power. Hmm? So the brajlila, hmm? full of movement, hmm? Hmm. alive, it's described, everything alive. And there's a certain perspective, the point is, by which the whole world, the inanimate world, becomes alive. It's the perspective is by connecting it with its source. Hmm? This is the implication. Hmm? And so, as I say, this is, this is a, a very livable type of philosophy. It's a call to movement, and, 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 and lots of movement, hmm? lots of flexibility, certainty, hmm? and uncertainty within certainty. That's very nice. This is nishta. There's certainty. I know I, that the road now is straight. Before, in anishta, when my practice was unsteady, the road was like, mm-hmm. there was a learning curve. And so, sometimes it looked like I was going in the opposite direction. Oh, I'm going back. And I'm like, I met my guru again, the turn, and, this, and I'm going around like... So this all learning curve. But in nishta, we reach this stage. Faith is fixed. Practice is fixed. The road is straight. But as I've said in my Shikshastakam commentary, it's not narrow. Hmm? Oh, it's another problem. Hmm? Before the problem was that it was curvy, hmm? but I thought I knew the road. And this is what it meant to be off it, this is what it meant to be on it. And so now the road is straight, but it's not narrow. It's like broad. Hmm? And all the verses have innumerable meanings. I thought I knew the meaning of that verse. Now I heard another way, another way. Of course, all the meanings are beautiful, meaningful, and uh, and so forth. Every word of Bhagavatam, Mahaprabhu said, is Krishna. Hmm? What kind of reading is that that he, that he had? Hmm? This he must have learned from Gadadhar. Hmm? Hmm. So the road is broad. So many possibilities there. So one is certain. But still, there's some element of uncertainty, and there's 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 initiative, which implies a firmness, a steadiness, a firmness. There's flexibility. Hmm? Hmm. So this uh, uh, a nice idea, a philosophy that that is a call to movement and speaks about the possibilities of of of, of movement in the subjective world. Um, as I say, like dancing, and for dancing, there has to be song. It's interesting to note that today, in philosophy and science, there are a number of people that have uh, that have made the con- 
conjecture, hmm, philosophical conjecture, based on a particular interpretation of uh, empirical evidence, data, that at the bottom of everything, hmm, when you take whatever it is and cut it in half and cut that in half and cut that in half and cut that in half and keep doing that and then you get to the atom and then you find electrons and quarks and, and then at the bottom of that there are ideas that there are these strings, filaments, hmm? and they're vibrating. Hmm? Hmm? They're said to be mathematical uh, equations that describe harmonics. And these are the most ubiquitous uh, equations in all of physics. Hmm? They are the, are the bread and butter of physics, these equations that govern uh, harmonics. Hmm? And so the th- idea is that the Einstein's effort to find a theory of everything, this is their idea, it's just a, just a conjecture, will be realized in what they call string theory, which is the idea that, as they speak about it metaphorically, the world is a concert going on in the mind of God. So it's not that they find consciousness in string theory, although some people, and thoughtful and intelligent people, have even conjectured, like David Bohm, for example, physicist, who wrote that famous book, The Implicate and Explicate Order, who saw this world as the explicate order manifesting from the implicate order, the the world of consciousness. He had an idea that as he looked closely at electrons, that there was some intelligence there. Hmm? There was consciousness all the way down. Hmm? Nowadays, many people in the philosophical world think that consciousness is only a product of the human brain. This is a very, very naive idea. It's a very naive understanding of what we, what we mean when we use the word consciousness, hmm? even. Even now, it's becoming apparent that 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 uh, in some animal forms of life, there's there's what they thought was only present in human society. Granted, it's more present, but still somewhat present in human society. Somewhat present in animal society. That's what self self consciousness. Hmm? The animal's thinking, "Hey, what about me?" <laughs> <laughs> there's a sense of self there. Hmm? They've demonstrated this. So this, this, this whole idea—you have to take like a, a, a in a in a in a even a even a chimpanzee's brain is is way simpler than a human brain. They're searching the human brain. I think it's complicated. So we haven't quite found it yet. It's super complicated. We're just really beginning to explore it and look for the seat of feeling and the seat of I am. You know what neurons, how they combine, or whatever that gives that feeling. That's just you know, electrical, nothing more, hmm? mechanical, and so forth. But it's it's so complex we haven't found it. But then we, we find that self sense of self is there in le- much less complex brains. Hmm? That you, I don't know how much they've you know mastered the brains of some species, but it'd be relatively easy to do so, map them, and everything that's going on in there compared to the human brain. Hmm? And still, we find some self-consciousness, self-awareness. Hmm? And there were some recent experiments in Italy, or in England, where they did that, you know, that famous uh, quantum experiment, what's it called? The split? Hmm? 
No. Particle thing, yeah. Then the photons go through. No, no, this is that. It's a famous experiment where the photons, what do they, 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 they start out as photons of light and they become particles when they're observed. That's the basis, anyway, of the whole quantum. Oh, what's happening? Are they particles or are they waves? Type of a thing. So I guess they do this with photons and they did it with electrons. And then it appeared that the electrons had some awareness. Hmm? Um, and so there are some ideas. So the, idea, the, the re- idea of reducing consciousness to a brain is actually becoming unpopular. Hmm? Even in materialistic circles, it seems so implausible. Hmm? Of course, they're not ready to accept the Bhagavad with some idea. Hmm? But they gravitate towards maybe some form of panpsychism or category dualism where there's another category of matter. We haven't fully understood it yet, but it's it's called mind, for example. We would agree with that. There is another category called mind. Of course, there's consciousness proper uh, as, as well. So they keep... Uh, uh, I mean, it comes back. The Bhagavatam, I want to say, its idea, the Gita's idea, has... Um, it's, a, it's a viable idea in the world of ideas as to the nature of consciousness. Hmm? Very relevant uh, books. So while there are the fantastic stories about Krishna seeking to um, celebrate and establish his divinity, hmm? we, they are also very philosophically grounded. And if we just understand from them, for example, hmm, the nature of consciousness, the difference between consciousness and matter, then all of a sudden we just open the doors to a world of where there's nothing impossible. Hmm? So all of the otherwise impossible acts of Krishna, the impossible, it's thought, it's, in, it's thought it's impossible for there to be something called consciousness that's not matter. Because it's only matter. That's all that matters. Hmm? This is the popular stream of you know, philosophical thought. Hmm? But it's not working out very well and doesn't make a lot of sense either. Hmm? Um, so as soon as you can, if you can get grounded in the idea, hmm, the notion, the Bhagavatam uh, teaching, hmm, that consciousness is different from matter, there's a, there's, a, there's a super subjective world of consciousness proper. Hmm? Hmm? Even, even within that world, there's objectivity within that world. The dream of Krishna's pastimes, his day, daydream of pastimes, he does what he wants to do, dreams about it, happens. It has certain parameters, there's sort of some objectivity to it all. Even within that, the objectivity of that super-subjective world, subjectivity rules within that. Hmm? In other words, one's reality will be to see Krishna as a, as a cowherd friend or as a romantic lover. There's a subjective... Hmm? Subjectivity within the objective aspect of the supersubjective world. So, yeah, some emphasis on 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 on, on the subjective being being real, hmm? idealism. Even the philosophy of idealism, even is getting some having some re- resurgence in the world. That's an extreme. That there's there is no matter. There's only ideas. Hmm? If we don't go for that, that's that's where that's where it will go. It will go towards a dueta. Hmm? Hmm? Still, we have so much to do. The whole world goes towards where there's consciousness underlying. 
Oh, if everybody could accept that. We, we let it happen. Let them wait and have their day. We'll talk afterwards. And we'll talk now too, but then we'll, we'll address that. They can't, it's very interesting because there's, we, 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 my godbrother once wrote a book uh, called, uh, in called Evolution of Theism. It's actually articles for our magazine called The Clarion Call. I helped him with that and uh, talks about this. Buddha came, spoke, then Shankar came and spoke, and how there's a development. Hmm? Then Ramanuja, Madhva, and, and Kali Yuga has its final, uh, they're all like, uh, how you say, like um, hmm, second acts, so the main act of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, appearance, and what is the nature of consciousness and its possibilities, and the Krishna conception, and so on and so forth. So I can see the world going in the direction of an evolution of theism, not in the faith kind of way of fundamentalist religion and so forth, moving away from that with the idea that I'm spiritual, not religious, but spiritual, and spiritual means I'm consciousness, not matter, and you know, so you have to start somewhere. And so we don't have to have a confrontational type of approach at the present to Advaita Vedanta. We, we, we make our points, of course, and they're very charming. What is it, for example, better to do, to exist, to love to exist, or to exist to love? These kind of simple examples, bhakti over jnana and so forth. But hmm, the world is moving in a, in a, in a, in a, in a direction. It cannot, it, consciousness has come on the map hmm, of the human secular mind in the Western world, and it's not going to go away. It's just not going to go away. Hmm? It's very elusive, hard to grab onto, impossible to reduce to matter. So you have to expand your parameters now to make, make room for it and so forth. And the Bhagavatam is what it, 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 that's its subject. Hmm? Hmm? Not only what consciousness is not, that it's not matter, but all the possibilities that, that lie there. So there we enter this world of dance. And it's a philosophy, as I say, that underlies this, that's very practical. Much of modern philosophy, the whole philosophy that consciousness is matter is not livable. It's an important point. It's not a livable. In other words, you cannot walk that talk. You can talk and say, there's no self. It's just electrons. I'm just a robot. I'm just a machine. That's all. And in time, we'll create other machines and fall in love with them like that. There's a movie called Her. I didn't see it, but about a guy falling in love with the lady in the, in the GPS or something. You know? <laughs> you know? Turn left in 100 meters. Turn left, my house is down the street. <laughs> something like that. And he falls in love with her. So, it, 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 you know, there's a, lot, there's a fair amount of talk. There's another movie. Um, we saw it, Grinished and I saw it on the plane coming back from Poland called Transcendence, where they, where they, they took their... Took his con- they took his consciousness and then they, what did they do? They uploaded it to a hard disk or something like that. And while his body died, his consciousness lived on and so forth. And it was whatever, electrical and, and, and so on. So there's popular ideas about artificial intelligence and so forth. But I heard someone in the philosophical world uh, today say that there have been so many advances in artificial intelligence, the goal of which is you know, to create a human being. Hmm? Machine with feelings and all that stuff and and prove that, you know, that uh, feelings are just electrical. Hmm? 
mechanical and so forth. And we're all just, it's a great thing to want to prove that we're all just robots and, uh, and so forth. And he, so he said there, there have been huge developments in the field of artificial intelligence. But in consideration of the goal of such pursuits, hmm, the progress we made is like the progress of getting closer to the moon by climbing a tree. <laughs> so we get ahead of ourselves a little bit, you know, with the, you know, they've been talking about this for a long time, you know, since the, since uh, those, what was it before Star Wars? When I was a kid, they had this space show. No, before Star Trek, way before that. There was uh, some, 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 some guy, I forget. <laughs> anyway, you know, the, the, all the projections of, of the possibilities of, well, among other things, um, uh, artificial intelligence and so forth. So, this is, uh, 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 it's a philosophy, it's a pursuit, it, 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 it's, a, it's really a, a talk that can't be walked because no one can actually walk the talk that I'm a robot. If I'm a robot, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you kill a machine, you're not going to go to jail. Hmm? <laughs> That's just a fact. <laughs> so if you prove that humans are machines, then hmm, are we just going to be a kill them? Are we want to make any difference? No. So, so because we, we ha- they have to be seen as more than machines and uh, and so forth. So you can't really walk that talk. It's it's not possible. Hmm? And and action, as I often say, speaks louder than words. So we can speak words of materialistic monism. Everything is just matter. But you, you, the way you walk is different than the way you talk. So we'll have to look at that. Say so you really don't believe in this materialistic monism. You cannot put it into practice. Hmm? So what's the value of a, of a talk that you cannot walk? And, and the Bhagavatam, on the other hand, here's a philosophy that you can walk and, uh, and, and music to which you can dance. There's someone playing those strings hmm, at the bottom of everything, making them vibrate, those, those harmonies. Sometimes it's described, this is a very Vedic idea, the world is sound. It's the same idea in the Bhagavad. Hmm? The world arises from sound, harmonics, and the Vedic mantras are like mathematical formulas. Never quite figured that out, but um, there's it, some idea like the Shruti, hmm? not the Purana. Now, that's a different thing. The Shruti, these are fixed. They can't be altered, can't be changed with. There's, there's sounds that, that, that the world is, is contained within. It arises that the whole idea of Brahma gets the mantra, the first sound, and the first sound is Om and Kling Kamadevaya Vidmehe Pushpabannaya. And the calm guy, the fifth note of Krishna's flute, enters into the ears, eight, sixteen ears of Brahma. So sixteen, yeah. No, eight. Four times two is eight, right? (laughs) Sixteen ears, eight ears of Brahma. In goes, he hears, how well he hears, calm Gayatri. And calm desire. He had a desire to make the world and to make the world in such a way that he would not be implicated in it, but would be extricated from it, hmm? and enter into the world of Krishna, the subjective world. Hmm? So Krishna gave him calm Gayatri, and he successfully made the world. 
out of sounds, hmm? Hmm? harmonics. Hmm? There's mathemat- Plato had an idea that there's a world of mathematical formulas that are non-physical, that, that are they're entities. Hmm? It's, it's, it's kind of the way we're speaking. There's one of the Greeks, you know, have that influence from Heliodorus and his king and, hmm? and so forth. East, that's where East and West kind of meets, Greece and India. Hmm? Hmm? So back, back to Bharata, back to India. <laughs> hmm? For a philosophy that you can, you can live, that you can, that you can, that can make you happy. It means to dance, make you happy. And the first sound that is that is the flute sound of Krishna. And this is what the Bhagavatam is really um, centered on. Hmm? The Bhagavat, hmm? uh, the book, the sequel to the Gita. Hmm? It talks about. One aspect of what's being described here, two aspects, both aspects, that Krishna comes to do away with the demonic elements and to protect the devotees. But it's emphasis on the latter. But let's speak about the Bhagavatam for a moment. What an extraordinary book. This is the book that tells about Krishna, who's drawn in the cave, pictures of who was famous hmm, in the proto time before historical history was, history was recorded the way it is now and so forth, there was a fantastic person named Krishna, and the Bhagavatam is writing about him. Hmm? The Bhagavatam is a Purana, so it's an on. The Puranas are different than the Shruti, as I mentioned. They're explanations of the Shruti, hmm? so they're ongoing. The fact that they're written and again written and added to and so forth is a given. It's the nature of that genre of uh, literature. Purana means to, to unfold, to fulfill, to complete. Hmm? Purna. Hmm? The, uh, um, uh, what, what, is, what is spoken of in, in a more difficult to understand forum, form in the Shruti, to take it into a narrative of stories. And you can find some of the seed stories of the Bhagavatam are also there in the Upanishads, seeds to them in the Upanishads. So it's taking that. Hmm? And all the Puranas are doing this. And so the fact that they're written and written again and added to, and Bhagavatam Prabhupada said, oh, we have Bhagavatam, it is 18,000 verses, but that is only one form. In other places there are thousands of more verses, and it's ongoing, and we have the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm? How can that not be part of the Bhagavat Purana? Hmm? What is it doing? It's going to the center of the Bhagavat Purana, the Rasalila, hmm? and writing a, a whole Purana about it. Why only five chapters? Hmm? Let us write a whole, another Purana about that. That is the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm? The Chaitanya Purana. Hmm? The extension of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? It's, all, it's, all about, it's all about what happens at the zenith, the high point of Krishna Leela and the Bhagavatam, where Krishna desires to, it surrenders to the love of the gopis. Hmm? And, and given his nature, an appetite to taste that arises within him. He has to do something about it. Hmm? So the Purana goes on. Don't think that Chaitanya Bhagavat is different than Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? No. Hmm? It's the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? So in Bhagavat, uh, there are many Puranas. Their principal Puranas are 18 Puranas. Most of them have no commentaries that have ever been written on them. There's a couple commentaries on the Vishnu Purana, Padma Purana, which are Vaishnav Puranas about Vishnu. But Srimad Bhagavatam has 81 known Sanskrit commentaries. Sanskrit commentaries. 81. 
Hmm? It's a popular book. <laughs> uh, it, it warrants more attention than all the other Puranas put together. As Jiva Goswami has pointed out, the Puranas themselves say, hmm? again and again, referring to the Bhagavad, again and again, referring to the Bhagavad, which itself speaks of itself as the final contribution, the final word in the Eastern Revelation. Hmm? Anything that comes after that will only be an elaboration upon the Bhagavatam, which hmm, no other of the sacred books of the Hindus hmm, uh, 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 has more uh, supplementary literature expanding upon it, explaining it, and, and so forth. The only thing in comparison would be, would be the Valmiki Ramayana. Hmm? But in art, and in drama, and in music, and in literature, hmm? so many things have come based on the Bhagavat. Hmm? This is the final word. This is like the New Testament of the Eastern Revelation, hmm? the Bhagavat, the doctrine of love. And from here, we expand upon that line. This is what the Goswamis did with all of their Lila Grantas and, and philosophical books. They're all just explaining the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And as I say, given the nature of the subject, it lends itself to art, to music, to poetry and uh, drama and so forth. Hmm? celebrated in all these human venues. Hmm? It's the first Purana to ever be translated in a foreign language. It's, it's translated into practically every Indian language. There's, I think, 40 different uh, Bengali translations hmm? alone. The first Purana to be ever translated in a foreign language in the middle of the 19th century, three commentaries, three translations, I should say, of the book came in France. French were the first. Hmm? And then there's a fourth that's a translation of the tenth canto itself. And of course, it goes on. Hmm? In the person of our Guru Maharaj, Pujapada Om Vishnupada, Isi Bhakti Bhadanta Swami Prabhupada, we find, of course, first uh, full, I believe, English translation, elaborate translation, and from there, it's been translated into, I mean, Dozens and dozens of, of languages. It says the popularity of the Bhagavatam and the feeling we can get from this of the, of the Bhagavatam, the Prabhupada, the feeling for it. Hmm? His feeling for that is what causes it to be translated in so many different languages. So it's a very uh, extraordinary text, just from a literary point of view, from a philosophical point of view. How it, the Gita is very popular. You may think the Gita is the most popular of the Hindu texts, but in one sense, the Bhagavatam is. The Gita is, after all, just... A day in the life of Krishna. Hmm? 45 minutes, an hour in the life of Krishna hmm? has garnered so much interest. And, 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 uh, and, and the Bhagavat is telling, well, giving a kind of a, a summary of the whole story. Hmm? The life, of course, it has no end. Hmm? And each story of which has no end. Hmm? Each aspect of each story has has no end, such is the nature of it. Hmm? And Bhagavat, of course, begins in relation to the first reason that is thought to be the main reason for Krishna's descent by most people, to establish the Dharma in the world. Hmm? The second reason for his descent is the real reason, to protect his devotees. Hmm? But the most popular reason, well, Krishna is the statesman, he's come to establish the Dharma, he says, Vidasha Atraduskritam, Dharma Sam Stapanartaya, Sambhavami Yuge Yuge. 
I destroy the evil elements and I establish the Dharma and so forth. The righteous person, Krishna. Hmm? And Bhagavatam, the tenth canto, of course, is the story of Krishna. This is 25% of the whole book. Hmm? There's 12 cantos. It's all about stories about Vishnu, different avatars and so forth. Hmm? And then you come to the tenth canto and 25% of the whole book, a quarter of the whole book. It's all about Krishna. This is what the book's about. It's all leading up to that. And the tenth canto begins with what? Hmm? The story of Krishna's appearance. Beautiful preface. A beautiful preface. Of, of, explaining the qualifications of Parikshit Maharaj, the inquirer, and the qualifications of Sukadev Goswami. So forth. Oh, beautiful, beautiful introduction. And Parikshit's interest, the level of his interest hmm, in the subject matter hmm, to hear about Krishna. Hmm. Even Sukadev kind of questions him and says, you sure you don't want to eat something? You know, you're a little, take, a, take a rest for a minute. We just went through nine can, cantos. No, you can So eager. This is, this is lolium. You see, you have to understand. You read the, the first, beginning of the tenth canto, hmm, which is now an introduction to the Brajlila, ultimately. And there you find the lolium, greed of Parikshit Maharaj. Hmm? You want a definition of that? That's where you go. And you see, oh, I'm not like that, but, but I like that idea. <laughs> I like that idea. So let me attach myself to someone who, who feels like that. Hmm? That kind of enthusiasm. Hmm? Who's living on that. Who's, the, the discussions in which it become the food. For me, they're still medicine. Hmm? But I can see that turns into the food, nourishing. It's the dessert that you could eat forever and <laughs> to stay healthy. Hmm? Something like that. That's sweet, sweet, sweet. Hmm? Home, sweet home. This is the idea. Hmm? But it begins then with what? It begins with the establishment of Dharma. And the earth becomes a cow. Hmm? The earth becomes a cow and appeals to the Brahma who made the world out of sounds. Hmm? Harmonics. Hmm? And I'm, 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 I'm distressed. Hmm? There's no, the, the Dharma's on the decline and so forth. And so, you, again, you're entering in the world, poetic rendering, obviously the world, the earth become a cow and, and talk to Brahma. And, and he, but he, he says, this is the language, this is how we, we're going to talk about the subjective, inner, super-subjective world of consciousness of all possibilities. Let's start with like this, the earth became a cow. Get out of your, you know, <laughs> your limited ideas of what's possible. Let's just start it like that, you know. Hmm? And get you in the right frame of reference because of where we're, where we're going, something like that. Hmm? And cow appeals, and of course, and 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 uh, and, uh, and Brahma takes the message to Vishnu, and Vishnu says, "I already know about it. I'm aware of it. I'm Vishnu. I know I'm all pervasive. I know everything. I was already making plans, and I'm coming to remedy the situation. I'm going to I'm going to remedy the situation of the cows. Is what I'm going to do." Hmm? I'm going to protect the cows, the givers, those who only give. Hmm? Their taking is so little. As I said, grass grows even on concrete. Hmm? So what it takes to grow grass is not much. And little grass turns into the wealth of milk that the cow shares and so forth. So what they give in comparison to what they take makes them just, they're just givers. Nothing. Grass is nothing. <laughs> Something like that. So givers, hmm? 
He actually comes for them, for the devotees. Hmm? And this is what the Braj Leela is about. Hmm? The mature Leela, the birth there, and the establishing of Dharma, and the, the killing of Kamsa, and all these things. This is not Leela in the full sense of the term. It is a form of Leela, but the full idea of Leela, the play only, hmm? that affords, that puts Bhagwan in a, in a space, in a disposition, that enables us to be intimate with him. Hmm? This is the Braj Leela. This is the full face of Leela. Hmm? And this is Paritranaya Sadhana. There are devotees in this world. Hmm? As I said, there are two forces in the world, the force of karma and the force of bhakti. Hmm? So there are always, there's an anadi karma, anadi sadhana. Hmm? There's always sadhakas. There's no beginning. Hmm? There are always, and then and, and they reach a point of no return. Hmm? They develop ruchi, rati, asakti, rati. And and they have to have Krishna. They're they're withering in separation from Krishna. And uh, the appearance of Krishna himself, the idea is, is is for the hearts of these devotees. Hmm? Their necessity, to answer their necessity. Hmm? He appears uh, uh, really fully in a human heart. You say, well, wait a minute, he appeared like, you know, he was, picture on the cave, he was on the coins. Yeah, he was there. Hmm? But not everybody could see him. That's the teaching. Hmm? Only the devotees could see him. And see how they talk about him. Oh, he's incredible. <laughs> he does incredible things. He left it go over down hill with his little finger. He can, it's how, this is how the nature of love. Hmm? You will tend to... Hmm? Well, see everything. I don't want to say project, but really all the possibilities. Hmm? So devotees have written about it. You have to understand the Bhagavatam is through a pen of a devotee hmm, who loves Krishna. The speech of Sukadev, in love with Krishna. Hmm? And when you love a person, then you really know them. Hmm? And all their possibilities. So he's trying to speak about how extraordinary is Krishna. How beautiful. Well, other people are fighting with him. Hmm? Some people thinking he's really great. Put him on the coin hmm? <laughs> with our King Krishna. You know, then there's good commerce and there's prosperity, and so the different conceptions of of, of Krishna. Hmm? The Bhagavat is written by, spoken by hmm? Bhagavatas hmm? and mature Bhagavatas, and this is really you see what it's for. Hmm? What does it say in its introduction? Hmm? This is a book for Rasikas. Hmm? You have to understand that. Hmm? Otherwise, it will make no sense, the Bhagavatam. Who is this guy? He did all these things. Hmm? From the point of view of Rasa, love for Krishna, hmm? Hmm? they saw all these things. They, they wanted to talk about him in such a way to try to, to do justice to their experience hmm, of Krishna. That is the Bhagavad. And it's compelling if you understand it properly. Hmm. So compelling that if you, if you enter into the spirit of their, their hearts, where really Krishna's appearing in their human-like hearts. He says, I'm in the hearts of my devotees, hmm, and devotees are in my hearts. Sadhanam hridayam mayam. Hmm. This is where I am. Hmm? I'm, that's, that's where I can be found. Hmm? 
You say, well, how can we believe all these stories about Krishna? Where's the historical? Yeah, there's some guy out there these uncivilized people thought was God or something like that. But this is the civilized people who are writing about this. They're beyond civilization. Hmm? Civilization means, means, means cooperative living and uh, you know, moving away from hunting and, and, and gathering and, and, and so forth. This is about lovers are writing this. People who love everyone. Hmm? Sukadev, Jivadai Krishnanam Sarva Dharma Sars Bhakti Vinod said. This is the essence of Dharma, to love everybody. Jivadoi, show kindness, to have compassion in your heart for everyone, arising out of love for Krishna, what the possibilities that lie there in love for Krishna are for us, and the fact that people are bereft of that, preoccupied with such paltry small ideas, petty things, such petty things preoccupied with. Ah, hmm? I could just give them the Bhagavatam. Take this. <laughs> Read it. <laughs> Try it out. Something like that. I'll do good for them. Hmm? Immeasurable good for them. Prabhupada used to encourage us like this. And, hmm, what is that verse? Yatad bisago janataga viplavo yasmin pratisloka mabhadhavati yupi. Oh, Vyas Roy says, please forgive me. There may be some, 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 some grammatical errors here, but I don't have time for that. Hmm? I love Krishna, and I'm writing about it hmm? as it's coming to me. And if there's any inaccuracy grammatically, or that, that should be overlooked. Hmm? The nature of this book is such, so filled, it's the Samadhi Bhasha of Vyas so filled with love, wise love, and direct experience hmm, of what he's writing about, that, that he said the one sloka is the power. Is it to, tra- to change your life? Yasmin pati sloka babadhavati api. Tadbhag visago janataga viplavo. It is another creation, he said. This Bhagavad is another creation. Hmm? It's another world. Hmm? And Prabhupada would extend, he said, one sloka, they will change your life. One word, even if they touch the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how he felt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had such feeling for this Bhagavad. That, oh, if, if, if pe- <sighs> he thought, if people just touch it, the course of their life would be changed forever. Mm-hmm. His very broad campaign, like Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Vesh, just somehow or other, get him to take it, touch it, feel it, get, get and have a beginning. Mm-hmm. He had real love for the people of the world to come here where he did and do, you know, Madhukari in New York. <laughs> Madhukari means you go from home to home and beg, you know, whatever people give you, you eat. I mean, not, people were not eating human food from his estimation. <laughs> what, what to do? He was living in, you know, in the Bowery in New York. and Such a big idea in his heart. The whole idea of, 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 of Bhagavad. That's where it lives. Where Krishna's living. In the hearts of the devotees. Hmm? So this description of Krishna in Bhagavad, it's coming from the heart of Sugadev, coming from the heart of Vyas, Shonaka, Parikshit Maharaj. Hmm? What a gathering. Hmm? This, and this thing again, it happened again in Gorlil. Again Krishna's coming. And Garada is there as Radha. And Lolita is Srup is Damadhar. Rai Ramananda. Hmm? All associates are there again, relishing the Bhagavatam, hmm? 
What is the significance of reiterating, underscoring, underlining? Hmm? As, as Narada underscored to Vyas, we should write about Krishna Leela. Hmm? And, and, and Mahaprabhu giving a method how to enter there, how to enter that world of song. Goloker Premodhan, Hurinam Sankirtan. This is his way. Hmm? From the world of sound, we say this world is based on sound, harmonics, it's the strings, and the strings are being played. Hmm? by consciousness and so t- t- from that world of song and dance that being the premodhan, the wealth hmm, of prem hmm, that uh, uh, is, is the, 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 I, everything of that world it comes here through Namsan Kirtan so generous is the name Golokair hmm? premodhan the wealth of prem from Golok Hari Namsan Kirtan it comes in the form of Sankirtan. This is the flute sound of Krishna played again with kol and karto hmm, in the hands of Mahaprabhu. Hmm. These are the incarnations of the flute hmm, of Krishna. That sound, hmm, hmm, that gayatri, that ganat, that song, triate that delivers. Hmm, that comes to the flute of Krishna, that is, it's, it's Retrofitted, they re-recorded, digitalized, you know, the you know, updated edition in the form of Sankirtan hmm? of Mahaprabhu. Hmm? It's not really a musical affair, but super, super musical. <laughs> it's coming from the musical world itself. This world, as they say, if it is based on sound, as we think, hmm? Hmm? sound is underlying it, holding it together. Hmm? There's a world only of, uh, of, 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 of sounds. There's nothing in between that it's holding up. It's all, it's all music, all movement, all dance. So this is the Krishna that we are talking about in our Janamastami, his appearance in, 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 in our life. This we celebrate on these days. Shri Krishna Janamastami Motsubha Ki Jai. Shri Shri Gaurnitananda Ki Jai. Namsan Kirtan Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande. Any question? What's the time? Okay, we've gone for quite a while here. And it's been a long day. Some of you traveled some distance to come. You appreciate that. Padasevanam, as we just described it last night. And tomorrow we'll begin at 5 a.m. with the Gaura Mohima and Mongolarati hmm? and some brief discussion. Then there will be a class in the morning at 10 and we'll be giving initiation to some students. So we'll talk about that in relation to the, the, uh, the Janamastami. Hmm? And uh, then it will be fasting tomorrow hmm, to midnight, so a little pinching there. Uh, and we'll try to keep everybody occupied with hearing and chanting as the evening progresses into the wee hours. Sri Janmastami Mahamotsubha Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Bhinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande